They are things older than time, the Mayan calendar or astrology, for example, that have guided us for hundreds or even thousands of years. Pulling from an incredible wisdom of time, moon cycles and seasons, one of these tools has been used in agriculture for centuries. The old farmer's almanac. What is it based on and how is it used? We'll find out today. The old farmer's almanac guiding us for centuries. Today our focus here on an organic conversation. Your show on everything that makes life worth living. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Well, this topic is um, going to be very enlightening for me, I have to say, because this is something that I've heard you talk a lot about over the years. The Farmer's Almanac is kind of a staple, I think, in agriculture. And that's always what it sounded like to me. It's a, it's a farmer's guidebook. And I'm neither a farmer nor a gardener, so I couldn't really understand what or understand or appreciate what this is about but i hear other people talking about it with such reverence and and your intro talking about how long it has been a guiding factor but its relationship to understanding patterns of the world as they relate to nature it seems really really fascinating and really kind of a like a cross between spiritual and and natural. <laughs> yeah, when I first came in touch with it, I was uh, surprised or, or wondered if this is kind of a hokey, you know, funny little more based on anecdotes, kind of toy almost. Well, I think the word almanac tool. almost implies that, yeah. you know, it has this idea yeah, yeah, of being yeah. very like lots of footnotes. and <laughs> Right. And half of it is true and the other half is not and you never know. And it's kind of, you know, more sweet than really usable. And I have come to find it's been used for 250 years and what is it based on is hundreds of years older. So this was not some funny guy's idea to put out a lot of agricultural anecdotes. It's actually a real tool. And just as with biodynamic principles that are based on a deep relationship with the land and the cycles that are occurring, for example, the moon regulates water everywhere around the world including all moisture, for example, in soil or in plants, even in our own bodies. That's why some people don't sleep as well when the full moon is out. It's not just the light. And of course, the moon should absolutely be considered for planting and pruning of plants and doing the growth cycle and even harvest and replanting. And that's just the moon when we talk about the sun and the soil and temperature, which regulates the world of microorganisms. So you kind of go down from this outside the soil and the farm world, and you can bring it down to uh, really the, the plant level, and there's an absolutely direct connection. This is all nature, and this is all occurring. So the farmer's almanac kind of distills that a little bit, and we will learn in much more depth today of how this came about and how is it being used and what exactly it tells us and can guide us through the year of a, of a f working farm. Well, I'm really excited because I think that it has much more relevance to me and my lifestyle than I realized. 
I mean, it's certainly something I can appreciate, not just as somebody who eats food that is a product of agriculture, but also somebody who has great respect for the natural world. And you know, we had a conversation with Katrina Fry, who's one of she's the executive director of Fry Vineyards and part of the Fry family that produces biodynamic wine. And when we said that we were doing this episode, she just like her eyes lit up. It just seems to be something that anybody who works in the world of agriculture, but not just agriculture, people who are a part of this movement of being in touch with nature have a deep appreciation for. Yeah, and we we learn in pop culture kind of the cute version of you know if the groundhog comes out on day X, whatever. Yeah, then yeah, we Groundhog's have, Day, yeah, six we more have, weeks of winter. Exactly. And, if he sees his shadow. Yeah, and of course that's, in a way, that's <laughs> really funny. I don't want to say that's hokey because maybe that's that's true. What do I know? And and yet there is this threshold. Every farmer works with the land and the seasons and the climate and the sun and the moon and whether you're present to it or not. And I do think we all have things in our lives that we kind of make fun of, but we have we are directly affected mm, by it. Yeah, and sure. You can scientifically prove that. And then there's the world we don't understand uh, that is maybe not yet scientifically proven that holds often as true. And so blending all that and, and making that a useful tool, I think, is the task of our time, really. Understanding the the things we don't understand and the things we are now finally understanding because now we have been proving them, but... Uh, for 100 years before, we didn't know what this was based on. You know, we see that every year, even on this show, where all of a sudden there's a new study now showing us that, yes, there is a relation between whatever it may be, meditation and well-being or something l less impactful. And, and still, it hadn't been proven. And because of that, we didn't take it as guaranteed or it was still true before, before we understood it or before hmm. we were able to prove it. So, like yeah, the Farmer's Almanac is an amazing tool and Groundhog Day or not, it is way more a tool used in agriculture than we've ever known, and we will learn about why and how. It's going to be a fascinating conversation. <laughs> the f Old Farmer's Almanac, guiding us for centuries, actually almost 250 years already, here today on An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. All that and more when we come back right after the break. Stay tuned. Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit earlsorganic.com. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helbert. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. The Old Farmer's Almanac, guiding us for centuries, is our topic in this hour. And with us now is Janice Stillman, the editor of the Old Farmer's Almanac, who's joining us today from Dublin, New Hampshire. Janice, do we have you with us? 
Yes, I'm here, and it's terrific to be with you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Janice. I, in my intro, was talking about the amazing tools that we have in our lives, uh, Mayan calendar, astrology, things that have been with us for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. For me, the Farmer's Almanac is one of those amazing documents or guidelines, in this case dating back more than two centuries, that has served agriculture and that really has built a framework around agriculture, kind of a helpful tool. The first almanac was released in 1792. That was during the first presidential term of George Washington. So it is part of the American history, and it is used far beyond the borders, of course. Can we start with what exactly is that old farmer's almanac? What, what does it contain? Well, a, a, a true almanac is a calendar of the heavens, and it gives you the predictions for the rise and set of the sun and moon and the length of day, the moon phases, the various star and planetary appearances and conjunctions and various astronomical events. So that alone is what distinguishes the Old Farmer's Almanac. Of course, it wasn't old when it was first published in 1793, but it distinguishes it from virtually every other Farmer's Almanac out there because, indeed, Farmer's Almanac is a genre it is like mystery or news magazine or fashion magazine. Um, it's a genre of publication. And really, farmers' almanacs in one form or another are as old as dirt because so long as folks have been growing crops and keeping animals and you know having to just get a lot of things done during the day, they've looked for time-saving ways and measures and um, you know hints on just how to get through life and you know, from the very first Robert B. Thomas with his old farmer's almanac has endeavored to do that as well. Indeed, his motto from the first was to make the farmer's almanac useful with a pleasant degree of humor. Indeed, he found the others to be without humor. He grew up on a farm himself in Massachusetts. And indeed, in, at, in those days, in the 18th century, we had an agrarian society. Everybody was a farmer, grew their food, kept their animals or traded for what they didn't maintain on their own property. And uh, he read the Farmer's Almanacs of his day, really fell in love with astronomy. His dad was a teacher and had what was then considered a library, and we can only presume was a shelf or two of books in those days, whereas everybody else had probably one other book in the Farmer's Almanac in the house, and that other book was the Bible. So mm -hmm. really two options. And um, to make a quick reference to, yes, in, in the 21st century, here we have so many tools at our hands. Well, back then, people had the old farmer's almanac, the farmer's almanac of one variety or an, of another, and the Bible, and the farmer's almanac served effectively as their computer. It was a <laughs> reference guide. And, uh, you know, Robert B. Thomas from the first endeavored to make his more useful and more entertaining than the others that existed to date. And so 1792, the first presidential term of George Washington, we are coming on to the 225th anniversary. What was that time like back then? Do you have any any anecdotal or any history documents where you could get, get a sense of what that time was like in the U.S.? Well, I can really, my best guess, uh, honestly, 
um, is probably looking at the first edition of Robert B. Thomas's Old Farmer's Almanac. And um, I have one in my hand. It's a replica, although I have a, an original up on the shelf over wow. there. We, we try not to um, Touch it. par it too often. Yes. <laughs> but he has in here, now it's 46 pages or so, and it's um, a smaller format, a smaller page size than the current yellow cover edition that people see on the newsstands and have for years. But for example, in addition to the calendar pages with what we described as all of the astronomical information and farmer's calendar essay, which was advice on what to do at certain times of year and um, his weather forecast, which were, you know, certainly brief compared to today's and a little bit of burst to um, lift spirits. But he has a new method of making butter as practiced in England. And it's a recipe for all intents and purposes, and it's a new method because even then, folks wanted a new and improved way of doing otherwise simple things. You're talking about the first edition. In the very first edition, there was a recipe for how to make butter. Right, (laughs) and a better one than you've been using. And also, too, there were, um, which we've come back to time after time, is rules for long life and the natural marks of it. And, you know, things like one should eat to live and not to satiety. This is right out of the book. Lived, live chastely if you wish to live long. Chew perfectly what you eat. Wow. Um, after having drank more than once, eat dry bread or biscuit. And you should eat very little of new fruit at a time because, indeed, it might not be quite ripe and that could give you a bellyache. But in addition to that kind of advice and, and um, uh, tips on how to keep your animals, there's um, t- to kill worms and horses to cure any sort of wound in sheep, to cure uh, a sore of any kind in horses, and also home remedies for folks, and home remedies continue to be uh, of interest to readers of the Old Farmer's Almanac even today. But then we had how to cure a cough inclining to consumption, which of course could be fatal, and also something that is a common a common um, ailment of folks even today on occasion, possibly from that new fruit, how to stay looseness, cure diarrhea, in other words. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, th- then there was a, a, a series of mathematical questions because puzzles and quizzes have always been a part of the old farmer's almanac. Um, historic anecdotes and trivia, select aphorisms, that is, um, adages and advice for having happy and, and healthy life. Make him not your friend who speaks of when his soup superior appears. My hesitation is that back then they had a, a way of printing S's often that look like F's, and so in reading it, um, sure. one one tends to maybe slip. But also the unloved cannot love. And, you know, some advice and guidance and humor, but also the usefulness. Like I mentioned, it was effectively the computer of its day. We see on another page a table of interest at 6%, and so you've got several months' calculations here. We've got distance between places because, remember, people were on horseback, and they would set out for home. And this is New England. It was a regional publication. But they would set out and need to know about how long it would take to get somewhere or certainly how far away that was. We've got court dates because the judges and, and officials travel to different locations. So if you had a case to, against somebody, you wanted to kind of get a sense of when you might be able to plead. We've also got the holiday, the vacation days, excuse me, for um, Dartmouth College and also Harvard because 
just about anybody who went to school had to be called back in season to work on the farm, either to seed the the, the uh, farm or perhaps to harvest later in the year. So they had to plan around the schedule of the school days. Sure. I mean, it's interesting that back then, as you said, we were a completely agrarian nation. So this is kind of the monthly regional magazine, maybe not the daily newspaper, but the monthly regional bulletin board, in a way, um, heavily influenced by a farming angle, of course. What's interesting to me is that 225 years, the same truth are still true today. And we actually <laughs> rediscovering them every year or so that, you know, if you eat too much, that's maybe not the healthiest. You know, eat in moderation. Michael Pollan just wrote about that. Don't eat food, not too much. And uh, <laughs> and that becomes a bestseller. It's unbelievable to me that we are, we are not actually finding anything new. We are just keep rediscovering. Is that... It, it, it is remarkable. <laughs> yes, even here, a couple of issues ago, which means, of course, a couple of years here at the Old Farmer's Almanac, but um, we did a story on, you know, how to live to be 100. And there's some jest and some true advice, you know, and it's socialize and maintain your sense of humor and, you know, get your rest and like that. And we actually did reproduce several of Robert B. Thomas's tips for exactly that point. <laughs> the original. Which right, is, right. Yeah. you know, you just... You just, it's the same thing. I mean, it's really all the right reasons and ways to maintain good health and happiness and, and you know, maybe make it to 100. But it's, it is, again, <laughs> though, we go back to the calendar pages as the true definition of the almanac. And from that, everything else turns. The calendar of the um, heavens dictates the seasons and thus the growing periods. And the weather dictate the growing periods to a large extent. And then you've got the best days and the astrological other influences. And, you you know, so much comes from the calendar. And that it's the observations, nature, and actually the rhythm of nature in all of its glory is really what the Old Farmer's Almanac represents in a very... Uh, easy to understand and friendly fashion. We're speaking with Janice Stillman, the editor of the Old Farmer's Almanac, who's joining us today from Dublin, New Hampshire, in this hour of an organic conversation, a focus on the Old Farmer's Almanac, guiding us for centuries for almost 225 years. I'm Helga Hilbert. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Janice, I, I really appreciate the way you've summarized everything that's in in a traditional almanac from the very first one that was ever printed to the most recent one. I had said in the intro to this show that I, you know, I'm not a farmer, nor am I a gardener. And I didn't really understand what this was all about. But when I went to your website, which, by the way, is almanac.com, which I just think is the coolest website ever. I said to our associate producer, I was like, that's like owning website.com. I mean, that's just the <laughs> ultimate name. But there, there's so much information that is so interesting to me because I'm interested in the moon cycles and astrology because I recognize the effect that it's having on the natural world and the effect that it's having on me. So when we look at how this was used right from the beginning in, 19, in 1792, in the many ways you just said, one way primarily has been in, the, in agriculture, but it's used, it's served us in so many different ways over the years. And I'm wondering if you can share with us beyond agriculture, how today the Farmer's Almanac still serves people. Well, you know, you're exactly right insofar as you, for example, are not a farmer or a gardener, although you have to start growing something just about that's everybody true. does. That's thank you. <laughs> my bet it would be tomatoes because that's everybody's first best choice. 
But, you know, um, from an astronomy standpoint, it does sort of go back to that often. But um, so many more people are looking at the sky with a telescope, with binoculars, or simply with, with, um, you know, no tools whatsoever, but are fascinated by the moon phases. Certainly this time of year, aren't we all noticing how much longer the days are? Gratefully and thankfully, a little bit more light around 5 p.m. You know, we continue to have recipes. And, you know, again, new and improved ways of doing things, um, whether it's sweets or appetizers or, in, in this case, the pulses getting some attention this year for the International Year of the Pulses. Home remedies continue to be popular. Um, we've got a quiz in the 2016 about um, how clean is your kitchen. It's, it's a multiple choice and true and false quiz um, because, indeed, again, if you're using a sponge that's several days and God forbid much longer than older than that, then you know maybe you need to think about a new one and other things fishing days fishing is again part of the natural cycle and is often determined the best fishing days are determined by the phase of the moon. We have an article about fishing fishing with um advice that really anybody can use novice or expert or beginner or whatever I mean as I hear you talk about it it absolutely is there's so much in it that that serves um kind of an enriching entertainment value because it's not just like entertainment for the sake of making you laugh but it has it has something to it it has a deeper meaning beneath I it I promise you it it will make you smile of course and yeah it has meaning because it's it's really about nature as I mentioned the the rhythm and glory of nature and it in a time when everybody seems to be going, you know, double time, and we've got so many gadgets, and we've got so many, everything happens in seconds, it seems, in terms of this, in terms of information, but the old farmer's almanac just gives you a a moment or even a few hours of bliss and pleasure and reflection on really the world around us, whether it's the weather proverbs, when you may notice the clouds around the moon, or you may notice the, let's face it, everybody's familiar with red sky in morning, sailors take warning, red sky at night, sailors delight in what that bodes for the next day. Um, You know, it's (laughs) it's this, this observation that we all need to take a moment and really enjoy in in our world amidst the hustle and bustle that we all experience it's it's like that nice deep fresh breath that you're able to get every once in a while you had me at hello but i am observing that we need a break (laughs) (laughs) that it is time for a little break um stay with us we're speaking with janice stillman the editor of the old farmer's almanac who's joining us again from Dublin, New Hampshire, today on this hour of an organic conversation, The Old Farmer's Almanac, guiding us for centuries. Again, the website is almanac.com, maybe the best website or website address ever. Um, I'm Helga Helbert. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And much more is coming up. We want to talk about, uh, Janice, when we come back after the break, about the relationship to the biodynamic principles and and really um, using the moon cycles and the, the weather patterns that have been observed in agriculture for planting or even for gardening. We have lots of gardeners as listeners. All that and more when we come back right after the break. This is an organic conversation. Stay tuned for more. 
Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. Produce is ever-changing, seasons coming and going. At Earl's Organic, we have been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. Since 1988, Earl's Organic Produce has been establishing strong relationships with growers and developing a deep understanding of the seasons, so you can offer the most delicious organic produce to your customers, staff, and clients year-round. For organic produce, visit Earl's Organic Produce at earlsorganic.com. That's earlsorganic.com. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And our focus in this hour is the old farmer's almanac guiding us for centuries. And with us is the editor of that very publication, Janice Stillman, who's joining us from Dublin, New Hampshire, almanac.com, the website. And Janice is the current editor because the almanac is as old as time itself, at least here in the U.S., dates back to 1792, during a time when we were still building the White House. So this is part of the American culture, the agrarian culture, and part of our fabric of life, whether we are present to it or not. So, Janice, I just want to reframe what we talked about in the first interview, because I am so delighted by our conversation. I did not have any expectation about what I would get from this interview, and I'm finding that I'm so excited to get my first copy of the Old Farmer's Almanac, because it seems like what it's doing, beyond obviously being an incredibly helpful guidebook for people who are gardening or farming, it is helping people get back to basics in a way that is, there's such a high value for that right now. People are really interested in homesteading, in their own um, DIY products for house cleaning, all kinds of things that seem to be getting back to a more natural way of life. And this old farmer's almanac is actually a guidebook for all of that. We perpetuate traditional methodology and certain folklorish um, uh, practices and ideas and, you know, home remedies such as we've talked about. Um, but we make them really uh, um, accessible and useful for today. And it was in there that we noticed a year ago that one of the trends reported by our trend spotter was that... Um, Younger men typically are spending $100 more on average than other gardening folks, and they're buying beer-making supplies and hops and other plants. So we decided to run a story to guide them a little bit on, or anybody who chooses to grow hops, even for their own entertainment. And we have a plot plan for that um, that kind of garden, which includes herbs and several other things, whether you make berries and um, thyme and um, sage and whorehound, whether you make the beer or not. Similarly, more and more folks are splicing plants to really get creative. They're splicing tomato plants, putting a, a um, an heirloom plant on a, a, a hybrid stem. 
they're splicing apple trees. You may have seen this in local nurseries. They really look spectacular. I, I've not attempted this, but to take a, um, a single apple tree stem and attach, splice that is, um, several other varieties of apples onto it and therefore have several different varieties of apples growing on the same tree. Similarly, lilacs can, can be uh, um, grafted like that. And those are the two that we point out here in this edition is the apple and the lilac. The straw bale garden for a really small space, but something interesting, and that's straw bale, not a hay bale, mind you. Um, but we've got some advice on how to do that, and that can be fun for some folks, and kids in particular, too. This is another thing, is more and more folks are in schools and like that are introducing gardening to kids. But, you know, we also go to um, some more more traditional advice, such as planting by the moon. And, uh, you know, this is planting above ground or below ground. And, of course, below is typically your seed. Um, and above ground is your seedling. And the, the theory is uh, some people swear by it. Certainly readers of the old farmer's almanac, a lot of them do. We hear from, from them every year. But that the, the moon's influence on the moisture in the soil is similar but minuscule, of course, but similar to the way the moon affects the tides mm-hmm. and the water on the shore. And that moisture, or or lack of it, affects the germination of the seed underground. So there are better days, propitious days, for planting above and below ground. And we give you all those dates for the the edibles and the ornamentals in a chart in the Old Farmer's Almanac. And I, I was actually commenting on that, Janice, um, to, to jump in, in my intro, that the moon cycles, uh, soil temperature, how it influences microorganisms, of course, that's the foundation of a non-pesticide-based or non-chemical-based agriculture where you really work uh, with the critters in the soil, billions of those in, in a teaspoon of soil. And the, the moon regulating water, uh, the tides, irrigation, the moisture in plants, this is all really sounding similar to biodynamic principles. Do you know yeah. what, what the relationship is between the two? Has the farmer's almanac been based on, generally speaking, biodynamic agriculture, or is biodynamic kind of molded, or do they simply come from the same understanding of the universe and life as a whole? And so, they, of course, they are identical. Or similar. Um, I'll be perfectly honest with you. In, in my experience here, in 15 years and only recently um, perusing about 200 years of the old farmer's almanac, I I haven't seen the the word biodynamic mentioned or in a way that you know speaks to our methodology. I think it's more we, we refer to it more as the traditional. And you know whether it's the planting by the moon or the gardening by the moon sign when it comes to to planting it to control insects and pests and plow and to harvest and to graft and transplant. More often than not, it's that people believe that the moon influences things, but they don't try to figure out why. They uh-huh. accept it. <laughs> yeah. It's a belief in the tradition. And, you know, they'll just say, it just works. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's fine if you know as long as people know it works and have a reverence for that that if they don't care to understand why but I do have a question when you listed mm-hmm. before the straw bale house and uh, you know beer brewing which absolutely has a, a renaissance and um, there are some cities that are known for you know 40 mm-hmm. 50 San Diego is the 
the prime capital of beer brewing, one would think maybe Oregon, but San Diego, I think, has 60 or 80 microbreweries. Um, hops is at an all-time high as a crop. Organic hops is almost basically... And it is a high plant, too. That's right. You can, you can plant small. it, you can plant it um, vertically in that, you know, you can plant a lot on fairly small acreage. And so there's just, it's amazing that these themes either have never died or are now back as popular as they were 50, 100, 150 years ago. My question, though, is when you when you mention those home remedies, like put some beer fat uh, on your chest, I remember a show where we talked about goose fat, and the person was saying, yes, goose fat actually traps the heat in your chest, and it makes uh, it helps your body get rid of a pneumonia much, much quicker. Nowadays, we call it Vic vap, vapor rub or whatever it's called, and it's based on petrochemical oil, but it's the same idea. You you trap the heat. So, what is? How have you observed the threshold between anecdotal humor and really, you know, toss a coin over the roof? I mean, I'm not saying it's not working, but things we can even without scientific proof kind of follow and and make sense out of, and then others who don't. How has that served? the almanac because i know people who have kind of who are snuggling about the almanac who who are laughing about it in a in a way or you know think it's a really sweet um, those publications in general uh, sweet publication but not to be taken seriously and yet for me it's it's the foundation of life like if if we started there and really understood what it's saying um, we would have a really good base knowledge of seasons and natural remedies and how to improve your home and yet Some of it is just entertaining, perhaps, or made for humor. How has that served one another? Well, I I really think that um, the simplest way to to answer that is, of course, is, you know, every reader is going to um, respond differently to that kind of information. But, for example, years ago when doctors were miles and miles away, or folks couldn't afford to actually go to a doctor, and the whole idea of a doctor and bloodletting, and I mean, there was all kinds of things, but getting back to running around a building and throwing a coin over the roof, or nailing something into a tree and hoping that that would, you know, alleviate your pain, and what what those kinds of things did really was distract people from the the pain that they were experiencing in the moment, mm-hmm. the soreness, the malady, the sickness, and perchance, Maybe performing that act distracted them enough that the pain went away, or they other, were otherwise that, that provided a little bit of hope. Relief. And we're mm-hmm. talking now centuries ago, kind sure. of thing. And we occasionally do um, present those uh, kinds of remedies in the almanac um, once again. You know, just often in companion with uh, authentic, if you will, remedies or something as simple as a, I think it was last year we had, um, you know, to give your fingernails, your, your cuticles a massage, split a grape, a green grape in half and just moisturize your fingernails with that. And of course, there's something natural in the grape that, you know, may very Helps. well be more effective than mm-hmm. some something that you bought over the counter, you know. So it, it, it really runs the gamut. But, you know, here at the Old Farmer's Almanac, we are, you know, all, all natural in that regard, but um, it, you know, it's 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 um, it's it's as much for entertainment as it is for usage. And I think when you read it and become familiar with it, you know, over an issue or two, perhaps, then um, you kind of get that. And sometimes they just want a chuckle, a smile, uh, a, di- a diversion from 
the day's work worries and woes and other distractions and and of course every time we do it we do a I was just going to say every yeah. time we do a, a reader survey and we say you know we propose maybe separating separating out this section or making a a different kind of almanac and and we get landslide responses to <laughs> well first of all humor is is you know one of the best cures of course and uh, i i just think the farmers almanac is is such an important tool that the people who love it understand and the people who don't understand it uh, would love it if they knew really how much wisdom there is in there, even in the blend between humor and anecdotes and old you know, tales and stories and weather predictions that are true for all of us. And as you said, you know, s saying 200 years ago that living in community, there was just a st uh, study by... Uh, Stanford being released just a couple of years ago that said if you have a certain social circle, that will define how long you're going to live. So mm. all this is true, actually. All that is in there is true, even the humor. I would just like to also add, I was thinking when you commented that some folks, you know, today, maybe some of your listeners aren't, aren't as familiar with the old Farmer's Almanac and you know, you don't have to read the paper version because I know a lot of folks really prefer to get things online. And we do have our almanac available for any um, any e-reader, anything you choose. So you can go to our almanac.com uh, website and find that or wherever you buy your e-books. I'm sure you can get the old firm's almanac. So it's old but not old-fashioned, as, um, as, as relevant as the moment and as fresh as you know, totally 21st century. Yeah, I so. love that. I love that. <laughs> and it's actually, I'm not surprised that you get landslides, com slice comments on any changes you're proposing because it's kind of fortunate 24 years now. It is the one thing that, even though it's constantly changing, hasn't really changed. It's the one voice it's that has stayed true uh, for, you know, more than two centuries. It is a, as old as, as this country. Robert B. Thomas was pictured on the cover. Remember, it was his motto, his idea, based on other farmer's almanacs that he's seen and arguably other farmer's almanacs that you might pick up or anywhere around the country today. His is useful with a pleasant degree, if you might say his, because uh, he indeed is the one who signs off on the two patrons letter in every edition as well. But we follow his, his uh, mandate, wow. his mm -hmm. mission to be useful with a pleasant degree of humor. And remember, too, as I started at the beginning, the thing about the old farmer's almanac, and I thought this when I first came here, I flipped, they gave me several sample copies to read a course, and I was like, what is all of this? I don't understand this accumulation of information, this variety over a period of several issues, and there's wacky stuff, and then serious stuff, and helpful stuff, and entertaining stuff. And then, in a very quick uh, way, I learned, that again, that it is a package based on the idea that it is a calendar of the heavens, and it is a calendar indeed, and from that flows everything else that is the content of the almanac, as I said, from the seasons and thus the gardening and the weather and the astronomy and the trends as a time capsule of the year, yes. the home remedies, because often they are natural and come from natural resources, the folklore, because it perpetuates the traditions of the old farmer's almanac, and so it is with the astrology, the anniversary story, which echoes something from our past. The calendar of life itself, um, and that there is Janice Stillman. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining us today, Janice. She's the editor of the old farmer's Almanac. Again, almanac.com, the simplest website and so beautiful for joining us in this hour of an organic conversation, the Old Farmer's Almanac guiding us for centuries. Such a pleasure to be talking with you. Thank you for making it, the it time. It is my 
pleasure and honor to be able to introduce Dale Farmer's Almanac to you and you folks and your listenership. Thank you very much. Thank Great, you, thank Janice. you, Take and care. good luck with the 225 year edition <laughs> next year coming up soon. Let's talk again. <laughs> we would love that. Thanks, Janice. Bye. Take care. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And how apropos now the switch from the Old Farmer's Almanac, not just for agriculturalists and gardeners, but for all of us, but definitely a guiding tool in U.S. agriculture and beyond for over 200 years. Here's the update from the produce doc of What's in Season. And with us is that very voice of Earl Herrick, uh, the voice of the produce world. Earl, are you with us? Yes, my voice is still here. That's earlsorganic.com. <laughs> and what is that hey. voice telling us? We've been talking about, wow, citrus, of course, a couple of weeks back, avocado for the Super Bowl, and then winter vegetables. Really interesting last week that there is a shortage now, even though we are so organized, all of us, of course, and yet... Uh, prices can be at an all-time high because of the perfect storm of cold and rain and shorter days. Uh, what are you seeing in the produce dock right now? What's what's the item of the day? Well, you know, we're going to talk uh, talking about the technology that allows us to have apples all year round. Ah, apples. I, yeah, finally, huh? Finally. You know, for so long, I actually <laughs> thought that we had apples all year. I thought it was just, oh, this is something we can grow all the time. It wasn't until we started doing this show that I realized, well, okay, there's an American season and there's a season in the Southern Hemisphere where we pull it up. But also, yep. there are these rather intelligent ways to extend the life of the crop that we pick in the fall. But this is a good point, though, Sita, that you're making. One could think that the moment our season ends in November, the overseas season kicks in, and it's not so, right? We yeah. need these buffer times. What's happening there? Yeah. yeah, well, if you go back historically, you know, before, you know, we're, we're predating to, you know, any, any sort of technology past, uh, you know, the, the wheel and the, yes. and, and, I mean, the you know, ship. 100 years ago. Yeah. We had, we had uh, root cellars, which you know it's cold outside, and the and the gr- and the ground is fro- is frozen basically, and and you and you have this this hole in the earth that you're keeping uh, what you harvested out of your garden, and what you harvested from your orchard that you had, and it's there in a real suspended animation, and that's really what we developed uh, scientifically now with our technology is what we can call uh, controlled atmosphere storage systems, which we talked about over the years. And this is the time of year where you've been seeing what we call CA for controlled atmosphere. You're seeing CA apples, meaning that these are apples that were harvested back in September, October, November, when they all were, uh, at least in the United States. And what they do, what happens is the best apples are picked out to put into this extended storage situation, and that is where the the whole atmosphere is controlled the nitrogen the oxygen the temperature and it is and it's in a sealed uh uh walk-in or container and they don't and it's not dealt with or it's not open until a designated time where it, it gets it gets analyzed how much are we keeping for fresh what are our sales like so that means we're going to open it up in july 15th or april 1st or i think this year there were some gala apples that, were, that came out of uh, controlled atmosphere uh, in December. So 
that is how we do it. It's, it's fascinating. And to understand that they put the best apples in this. So when they come out, they have the, the highest opportunity to be very, sure. very sound and enjoyed as they should be. How, how important is the organic factor in that? Like, in other words, what's the difference between controlled atmosphere organic and non-organic? Are there any chemicals used that you know of in non-organic apples that are coming out that are out of CA controlled atmosphere? Because in organic, it's really just they, they regulate the oxygen and the nitrogen for growth and the temperature for freshness, and that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, and the, and the humidity and the air air circulation. Right, but no chemical to keep no. you know anything no. out or in. Or how is that different for non-organic? Do you would you know? No, I don't know. Uh -huh. I don't know what the the conventional guys as as we as we term yes. it. What, what their process is. Um, Because when that, they come a, from overseas, ahead. I know they're fumigated. You know, in in non-organic well, production, yes. really heavily. Yeah, that's for sure. Definitely, is those are those are fumigated. You know, I find this happening a lot in my in my field where I won't know exactly or I even forget uh -huh. that there is a conventional <laughs> uh, season going on, and sure. I'll say, "Well, the artichoke season's done." And people go, "Well, no, I can find them all over." Well, that's right. They're they're conventional, and they have a different they have a different region from which they're growing. So, yeah, it is interesting. Occasionally, I get blindsided by that. Well, Not speaking it was speaking of the regions, though, I mean, when we start seeing the CA apples come into the market, is it because I mean, do we have CA apples that were grown grown and picked domestically at the same time that we have the non-domestic crop coming in? Yes, we do, uh, and that is the overlap. And so that's a west that's the southern hemisphere apple out of Argentina, Chile, and New Zealand. So that industry tries to position itself that it doesn't overlap the CA season of, of the United States because, mm. again, it's supply and demand. If there's a lot of CA apples and they come in with theirs, they're not going to sell as well because so, most people, again, want to eat what's, what's local, what's domestic, what's grown in the United States, even though that fresh apple from Argentina or Chile could be better in so much as uh, the flavor, the freshness, the enzymes that it's going to have, it's not coming out of suspended uh, storage. How, Now, it, does, yeah. it does have a different carbon footprint, yes. You know, I'm, I'm in this industry for a while, and I adhere to a, a lot of the best practices, but I don't stop eating apples just because um, they're coming from New Zealand. But what, what, what would that mean for the consumer? How, how yeah. would you know if something is, I mean, if it says, you know, it's coming from the Southern Hemisphere, wherever... Yeah. Uh, you know, but how would you know? Would it still say domestic, and then you just know it's out of controlled atmosphere? How can yeah, the yeah. average buyer in the store differentiate? Yeah, you know, I don't know many retailers no. that that go there to yeah. say this me, is a me neither. atmosphere. Apple. No, no, I don't think any of them do. Uh, I think what you can do is is understand pretty readily by February first, every apple you're buying is coming out of storage, other than maybe a Fuji. Uh -huh. uh, Fuji's are very dense. They're the last apple harvested. I mean, in, in at least com commercially grown, uh -huh. and and they're very dense and they hold up their high sugar. So they not many people or, or companies put those in, those in controlled atmosphere. They don't seem to need to. But everything else, you can you can rest assured that it's coming out of storage. So what you're going to start seeing though are apples like the first apple from the southern hemisphere is a gala. It's one that matures the first, and the first one gets harvested and gets shipped. Um, that'll be a nice crispy apple, 
and it, you want to deal with it like a fresh apple because it is. A CA apple is one that you want to take home and put in your refrigerator right away. So if it says country of origin, because yes. that's the retailer has, it's a law, right? Yes. You have to right. list the, the name of the product and the country of origin at least. And then hopefully if it's organic, it has a nine in front, as we always yep. say. And if it's non-organic, it has a four. Yep. But um, if you see country of origin, USA, sometimes in other industry you hear, well, it can just be reshipped or repackaged. Mm. No, it means country no. of origin means it is that's grown right. in the U.S., yeah, so that's that is the easiest. That's the best way to go because they will all say that. And if the if they if the if the labeling on the display doesn't have it, the apple will. So again, you look ah. at that sticker in the apple, and it will say Chile. Chile that that annoying, yeah, that annoying little sticker. But yes. that's yes. what they're for. If it says product of the U.S., you know, Bingo. in March right now, yeah. starting this is coming out of controlled atmosphere, and I need to eat this within two three days, right? Yeah. Quickly, yeah, and yeah, yeah. stored in yeah. the fridge. Yeah, and yeah, definitely keep them in the fridge because it, again, it's coming out of storage. It's coming out of this artificial uh, environment, and it'll just break down, lickety split. I mean, no kidding. Uh, especially if you if you keep it like on a counter in yeah, a, hours, in, a right? in a fairly warm yeah. uh, kitchen overnight, right? Yeah, you, and and what and, you know, it's not going to become rotten, but it will lose that edge of crispness that you're looking for in a, in a nice crisp apple. And I had an apple overnight once, uh, you know, buying it in the afternoon, keeping it overnight, and in the morning, biting into it, it already had brown spots that yep. the other apple that I had the day before didn't have. So yeah. they basically catch up within hours to the state they somewhat would be in if they hadn't been in controlled atmosphere. Uh, in the end, aging, nature gets you. Exactly. <laughs> aging in, in hours what they would have aged in weeks. Um yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but but you know, apples are such wonderful food. Yeah, don't put and again, them out. They travel easy. Eat them. You know, eat them out of your hand. Slice them. Eat Great. them with cheese. You know, all the million ways we can use them. Nice. So it, they're really there to be enjoyed. Apple a day keeps the doctor away. High in vitamin A. All that. Love it. Yeah, the the fresh apple will give you something that the uh, a CA one won't, and that's enzymes. Enzymes do not survive the controlled atmosphere. Uh, system. Huh. So that's the one thing you can get out of a fresh apple, even if it's imported, is the enzymes. And enzymes are obviously great uh, for your body, for your digestion. It's, it's one of the things we look for in our food. How do you know all this stuff, Earl? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> thank, yeah. thank well, you, you know, I, I, I do love it. Um, I, I, was, I was really blessed by uh, getting into the business by a couple other guys that loved it. And uh, they pointed me in that direction, and we're still great friends, and they still have that passion. Please thank them for us, yeah, from us. I will. <laughs> and for us. <laughs> and no, thank from you. Us. Thank you. Thank you, Earl. Great. Always Apple. A Storage, U.S.-based, or from the other uh, hemisphere, watch out. And if it's from the U.S., keep it in the fridge and eat it quickly. If it's yeah. from the other hemisphere, it's okay uh, to wait a couple more days, but ideally just eat them. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you, Earl. We'll have you back next week and again for more produce information, earlsorganic.com. Always a fantastic source of inspiration and information and recipes and such. Great to Thanks. have you. Thanks for having me on the show. We'll talk to you next we week. It. Take care. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye now. I love that he said, eat them anytime, right? Take it in your bag and eat it when you want a snack or juice it or have it with cheese. You know, actually, this time of year, one of my favorite dinners is cheese and fruit. And particularly what I've been getting are apples and citrus, two things that we've covered in What's in Season recently. I'm craving it. It's just, it's hitting the spot. And um, 
interesting to know that all of this is very well orchestrated by a almanac of heavenly, what did she say at the beginning of the episode? I just thought it was so touching. She said it charts the heavens. And the almanac is not creating this, right? The almanac is an attempt to capture this mystery of seasons and cycles and moon and sun and temperature and water moving all the time. And wow, somebody actually paid enough attention to put it into words and to to communicate that to us because we already kind of know and feel it, but we've never seen it written or really explained. And uh, yeah, wow, the mystery of of life captured in in a farmer's almanac with humor. Yeah, heavenly calendar. And then that translates into into all the creation of all the produce we see and and life itself. Wow, fascinating! All way, different way ways to celebrate something much bigger than us. That's yeah. right, yeah, bigger, yeah. bigger. All right, well, that's an organic conversation. Thank you for celebrating with us. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And we'll be back next week. See Talk you to then. You then. An Organic Conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate producer, Kristen Ponger. This show would not be possible without the ongoing support from our listeners. Whether it's a dollar a month or a one-time donation, please consider becoming a patron of An Organic Conversation. For more information on how to support this program, please visit patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash an organic conversation thank you for your contribution an organic conversation is made possible through listeners like you and the fantastic support of our underwriters earl's organic produce a national distributor providing certified organic fruits and vegetables for your store home or business since 1988 the website is earlsorganic.com and also fry vineyards america's first certified organic winery producing organic and certified biodynamic wine. For more information, frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. Thank you as well to Bowman College, focused on holistic nutrition and culinary arts for over 20 years. Bowman College offers professional training programs that prepare individuals for careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Their website is bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. If you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to iTunes or anorganicconversation.com. And for more information, health tips, recipes, and your daily dose of inspiration, please follow us on facebook.com forward slash conversation. We are your hosts, Helga Helber and Sita Rani Palomar. And we'll be back right here, same place, same time, next week. See you then. Bye.